Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Yael Shamer is our 82nd guest, the co-founder and CMO of Tulu, a startup that aims to reshape the way people use and consume household products in buildings, neighborhoods, and offices. It is a smart rental room accessible by an app that leverages data analysis and smart maintenance. The company has 20 locations across Tel Aviv, New York, and New Jersey. Previously, Yael was an environmental activist and promoted ventures in urban farming, food waste, and renewable energy. Yael yeah, Shemmer, thank you so much for joining us <laughs> for 20 Minutes Leaders. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. So you're, origi- you're originally from Israel, but you live in New York and now you're visiting Israel. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm here for a month, but I, I moved to New York six months ago. And you moved there for your start of Tulu, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so what is Tulu? Talk to me about Tulu. Um, so Tulu is an on-demand rental service. Um, we provide smart rental units in apartment buildings, in neighborhoods, in offices, where tenants can practically download our app and rent whatever they want for as long as they want. Um, so we work mainly in residential buildings in Manhattan. Uh, we also have 10 locations in Tel Aviv, some student dorms. Uh, we're now launching a location with Wix. Uh, so employees can wow. actually rent something after work and return it the, 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 the next day or for the weekend. Um, but really, our mission is to reshape the way people use and consume stuff. Okay, um, so, the, so it's the idea of, of renting stuff. What stuff are we talking about? Is this like, you know, it's like vacuum cleaners and, and bicycles? Is that the sort of stuff we're talking about? So it's a wide range from what you really need and what you kind of want, but, you know, don't need, right. um, which also makes sense to rent. So we have a Dyson vacuum cleaner and we have a ladder and a drill and a projector and a steamer. So the, the essential stuff for a home, uh, so household items, but we also have fun stuff like a VR headset, a drone, oh, wow. a sewing machine. Um, and we just have a very eclectic, so we always have the essential products that we know people are using. And then we also try pop-up products and pasta right. maker, mixer, air fryer. So, so Yael, one of the key things that, that I think unifies all of these things together is that all of them break, right? All of them are bound to break at that point. So how does that even work? So, so you go to these apartment buildings. You, I, I'm guessing you have a room where you're putting in all these supplies and then something breaks. What do you do? So actually, when our users break something, we just ask them to tell us uh, and, um, and then we'll repair it. So our philosophy is um, is to really try to repair everything we can or to provide products that are higher, higher quality. Um, and we know from our users also that, you know, they, they rather use a really good projector, but they're buying a, a bad one from, you know, from online because they right. don't want to spend the money. So our stuff don't really break. Um, mm-hmm. And if someone um, hurts it on purpose, uh, which almost never happens, we uh, kindly just take it and, and, and take a deep breath and understand that it's part of educating a market. Right. So, okay. So, Yael, educating a market. Talk to me a little bit about this uh, this idea. And and it's not very, you know, it's not very conventional, this idea that you have an apartment building and you have all the tenants share the same Dyson vacuum cleaner. Uh, so, what, what, what is, where did this come from and, and what are the different challenges in sort of educating the market for that? 
So actually, Tulu is uh, like ever ever since we started Tulu, my co-founder Ishai and I, um, and and we have a, an amazing team here in Israel and in New York. People are telling us this is such a simple idea, and and it had to happen. Um, but what we're doing that is different is we're providing access to a really highly maintained household items. Um, right. We're we're choosing our products carefully, and it's very aesthetic, and and it, and it's a product. It's something um, that really wants to be a part of your lifestyle and create a habit in your lifestyle. Um, so starting from our design and our data and our, our, our marketing, everything is it's just like a brand, but in your building. And it's just like a gym or a pool. It's an amenity you have, something you can okay. use in your life in the building. But also now, you know, as I told you, we have other um, ideas regarding the workplace and regarding uh, neighborhoods uh, around sharing stuff. But right. the sharing yeah. idea is not new, like you said. Um, you know, people tried doing uh, peer-to-peer rentals. Um, and what we figure is that the access economy is just, just makes more, more, more sense. Yeah. So, I mean, the, I mean, the whole idea of sharing goes back all the way to the days of the kibbutz, right? During the inception of Israel. And they say, okay, yeah, let's share a lawnmower across the whole kibbutz. We don't need each person to, to buy their own. But this also speaks uh, pretty close to what I believe WeWork started a few years ago called WeLive, right? And then others have picked up on this idea of, of shared living spaces and the fact that the new generation might be more open to the idea of, of you know, reducing privacy, more sharing, more social interactions. So where does that fit into this whole sort of genre and and the paradigm? So actually, the meaning of Tulu uh, is originated from Tulu, which are Chinese buildings uh, in China. Uh, It's a very, very beautiful, big structure with micro apartments that the center of it. It's a circular uh, structure that the center of it has the kitchen, the living room. Of course, it it doesn't look like what we know, but um, the idea is to really leverage spaces in a building where the individual doesn't need to own or to have stuff that can be shared with more people and then therefore use space better. Um, So my co-founder is an architect and I come from a environmental background and together we really, um, we were really thinking hard about how, how come cities, you know, people live so close to one another and there are much progress happening in the world of rentals and co-living, like you said. But there's still no much, like there's no integration in in your daily life. Like if you really want right. to do sharing, you have to to move to a William or you have to move to a like um, kind of a prestige um, living situation where right. people living in buildings right now they they can still do that. Um, so as you said, the our demographic is mostly young professionals, uh, people that are showed on research that are more adaptive and, and, and early adapters to the idea of access. Um, and differently than a kibbutz, we're using an app um, and a state of mind where like, you know, in a kibbutz, if you, if you borrowed something from someone and they brought it back dirty, like you would get upset and you would talk to them. But now right. it's, it's through us and we take care of everything and you pay us. So it's a, in a sense, it's, it's a bit easier on the user um, to go through the, through, the, through the mental process of trusting a company to do that for you. But we are trying to create a sense of, uh, of ownership in a rental world where if you took your vacuum cleaner, you'd want to return it clean because you know your neighbors are also relying on that. Right, and I think it does also speak to a difference on, I imagine living in an apartment building and then my, na- my, my neighbor above my floor comes and says, hey, Michael, can I borrow your vacuum cleaner? Mine just broke. I'd say, yeah, of course, here, just grab it. If somebody on the street 
comes up and says to me, hey, Michael, can I come up with you to take your vacuum cleaner and I'll bring it back? Probably not so much, right? So I think there, there is some psychological acceptance in the fact that you're sharing this living building or, or office with other people. And automatically you have something in common that you're more apt to, to share these more personal things, right? Vacuum cleaners are, are going on all these different surfaces, uh, but, it's, but how, how big does it get? So how many of these items do you actually offer to apartment buildings or offices? We, each, each tool unit has around 25 products. Um, okay. It really depends on the size of the building. So our average size is around 200 units. Um, and, that, and then, you know, we just decide wow. how many Dyson, how many scooters, how many printers, how many... 200 units means 200 apartments in the building? Apartments wow. in the building. And then our metrics, um, you know, as a company is to really engage with as many people as possible within a building or within a neighborhood. So we also work in, with Tel Aviv municipality and we have this really cute uh, tool room in the middle of Nordau Boulevard where we installed a smart glass door and it's, and it's 24-7. People can just come, pick up wow. folding chairs, a tent, uh, bike carrier, a sewing machine, different stuff. Um, and then, you know, we also calculate how many potential users we can get. Um, and that's kind of how we think about it. That's incredible. That's, and, and that is in Tel Aviv? That's in Tel Aviv. We have three locations. We have Tel Aviv, New York, and New Jersey. Um, and hopefully in the upcoming year, we'll have some more surprises. Incredible. So, so what are the biggest, you know, challenges approaching the, this type of, you know, d- this new market? You are creating a new market in a sense, right? I mean, uh, this is something that's that's very different. And I imagine that the old that there is a generation gap on accepting this new customer behavior. Is there? There is a generation gap. Um, you know, we've discovered that our product market fit is actually in student dorms. People that are temporary, they're renters. They're they're also. I would love to visit in my dorm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like and. And the average millennial moves every two years. So if you're buying uh, crap you don't need, you also have to carry it with you to the next apartment because you're cheap. You're like you're you're young. You're a student. You don't want to buy new stuff. No, that's exactly my issue. Now. I want to come back to Israel for six months with my girlfriend, but I have all this crap from Stanford that I don't know where to put. So friends have graciously offered to host it, but it sucks because this is stuff that I don't need. It's probably going to go bad in six months sitting away. I wish I could just let somebody else use it and then come back and rent it out again for my next year. Of course, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So it's really a state of mind where um, as young professionals or millennials, our lifestyle are more dynamic. We're moving a lot. Um, we don't want to be attached to things. Um, some people, uh, you know, like myself, I'm a minimalist. I, I really love right. the, the joy of not having stuff. I, it really brings me joy. But other people also find the practicality of it. And I think when we designed Tulu, our mission was to say, if we create something that's good enough, that's reliable, that rents you a suitcase when you need it and, it, and, and you can rely on it, right. that's how we're going to start educating a market. So that's really, um, the, the first stage of Tulu was for us to understand that uh, the building, um, we have to be in a good location in the building. You know, we have to be in the lobby. We have to be in, in, a, in an accessible place in the building. It can't just be, you know, the, the roof or the basement, like for us to really engage with the tenants, but also to really learn about our, our demographic. Um, it's people who move a lot, work a lot. The weekends are the strongest right. usually. So that's um, that's how you educate a market. You have to really be obsessed with um um, integrating in their lifestyle. Right. So, so then w- what are you learning about your customer behavior over this past time? What, what are some of the things that you've, that you've been observing? Some stuff are easier to rent than others. Um, so like bikes and scooters and a vacuum right. cleaner and some brands 
Um, Those are easier, right? Yeah. Okay. What, what did you say? Those are the easier kinds, the bicycles and the vacuum cleaners. Yeah, because it's already happening and, um, and you really just don't want to buy something uh, that costs a thousand dollars and you really see the value for money. We, we totally. rent a couple, a couple dollars an hour. Um, and then some other stuff are just a bit more challenging in, in how you tell the story of renting them, whether if it's cooking products or if it's um, like more personal stuff that are still rentable. Um, so I think these are some, some of our challenges, really learning the curve of um, getting enough products rented in a month, um, changing our inventory and making it um, uh, contextual to the life of our users. Right. Uh, if it's a PS5 that just is coming out, you know, we'll have it. Um, and, but also uh, being aligned with our mission, which is uh, to really always be um, in the frontier of rentals and, and how, how do we make more people uh, be adapt to it and learn about it and, uh, and try it for the first time. So, and, and what is the business model? So people come, uh, paint me a picture. They come into the room, they open the app, they see a PlayStation 5, and then what happens? And then they add credit. Um, they, can, they can choose a plan and then they rent it for as long as they want. And they have a ticking clock. Um, you know, you pay by the hour. When you're done, we ask you how it went and um, we get you to rent it again. Okay, so then, so you, rep- you self-report everything, right? We what? You, you, you self-report everything? Yeah. Okay, that's very, very cool. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll tell me a little bit about your background. So, so you, were, you did quite a few projects and you led quite a few organizations prior to, uh, prior to forming Tulu. So, so where did you come from? I, well, I'm, I'm originally from Be'er Sheva and Lavim, which is uh, the southern part of Israel. I moved to North Carolina for my middle school and high school. Uh, when I moved back to Israel, I became a tour guide in the army. Wow. Um, it was like hiking for two years, which is uh, very uh, privileged. Um, I fell in I love with nature. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was I I was fascinated with nature, with um with everything that's happening um with climate, and I decided to learn uh, to study environmental science. Um, and in my um in my bachelor degree, I became an activist in the field of environmental uh, justice, transportation. Um, and then that's how I started learning about food waste and also uh, fashion waste and, and consumption. Um, and these were, I guess, the seeds. But um, only when I was accepted um, into an, a program at MIT, um, which is called Our Generation Speaks, um, we were in Design X Accelerator for three months. Um, and that's how I met Ishai, my co-founder. And I, I, it was a year when I was listening to podcasts all the time about entrepreneurship, but I never really thought I would do something myself. I really thought I would go to an NGO kind of world and hopefully also become, you know, maybe a politician. Uh, nothing wow. was really set, but um, quite a different path. Yeah, but I think I think you can be a, an entrepreneur in so many fields. Uh, right. Just the tech world is, you know, it's where it's harvested. But you can just—it's a mentality. Um, and when I met Shai, um, and he, and him, he's coming from an architecture, uh, background, um, and, and, and my background, things just kind of started to make sense. And so let's work together. Let's create something together. And we really started from, um, the problem we're trying to solve and not from Tulu. Like Tulu was just, um, an evolution of other ideas we've right. had until we said, okay, now we know what we're doing. Interesting. No, I, th- I think that's amazing because I think that really a, a lot of entrepreneurs, they go on the different path and saying, I have this idea. I'm in love with it. I think it's a great idea. And now I'm going to I'm going to force myself to understand that there is a problem behind this idea. But going through the approach of, OK, well, the world is changing. 
Uh, people need to get stuff. People don't necessarily own the stuff. It's expensive. It's cheap. It breaks. Uh, there is a problem, and now we have now let's find a solution to this problem. That's exactly how I want to approach and start. And and what are some of the what are some of these sort of earned secrets that you've learned over the over the past few years uh, running this thing? Um, that you would that perhaps you would go back and say to your few years younger self. Um, well, well, when we started the company, I was still doing my environmental science master's degree. Um, and I was like, okay, I can do that and that together. It's totally possible. And I can also work. And um, and I think the minute I realized that I have, uh, besides committing to Tulu uh, being my full-time thing, it's also a mentality. Right. Like you have to wake up and go to bed thinking about something that's really meaningful to you and you have to commit to it. So I had to leave everything um, and, and, and say, okay, it's scary. It's, it's really scary, but I have to do it. Uh, so this is the first thing I learned that I have to really kind of prioritize this and only that. Um, and, and, and when you build something, um, you can have a really good idea, but it's about the team and it's about the people you work with. Um, and as being a co-founder or, you know, leading, leading something, um, I, I can work 24 seven, but, um, in order for other people to be aligned with what we're doing, um, you just have to create a sense of togetherness, um, which is something we're working on. Right. Um, and, and, and personally moving to New York for that, it's just, it's so much fun to see the similarities between Tel Aviv and New York with millennials mainly. Like we have such similar uh, buyer personas, such similar people that are sure. adapting and reacting the same way to our product. And I'm just fascinated, fascinated with the world of rental because I really believe that, um, you know, going forward with everything that's happening in the world, and I'm not even talking about the coronavirus. I'm talking about um, the way we act as humans. I really think solutions um, that are practical, that are fun, that are sexy, that are interesting, these are the solutions that are going to carry people um, to be obsessed with and to want to use and to want to pay for. And I want to, I just like, I decided, we decided to do it ourselves rather than wait for someone else to do it. I love it. So now, so where is this going? So now you have the challenge of, okay, you have a product, you found a product market fit in some areas. How do you get this now to millions of people? Well, you know, we're raising some money, um, but um, definitely um, we are much more comfortable now with what we're offering. And we know, um, you know, we know what we're, where we're aiming and we know right. what could possibly happen. And, and of course we've been getting a lot of offers that are kind of shifting us from from our uh, original idea. But yeah, now we just want to scale. Um, we're ready to scale, ready to expand. Um, we're ready for partnerships. Um, so it, it's been a lot of fun. Like we're, we're fantasizing and, and also doing together. Uh, so it's like, um, it's a lot of fun. And, it, and it's really fun mainly talking to our users and learning what they need and how it meets them. And, um, sure. You know, some people told us if I knew I had a tool room in my building, I would have, you know, come like, in a, in, a, in a simpler way to, to live in this building. Uh, but, but many times we launch after people already have their lease and they already bought everything. So I think going forward, it's going right. to be- This is like the chicken and the egg now because you're entering a market that the, the apartments are already filled and sort of you have to wait until the next cycle of, of, of uh, tenants to be able yeah. to validate whether they really forgo purchasing the items and, and getting them for Tulu. But, but you know, y'all, uh, the last thing that I want to mention is that you have a pretty interesting uh, way of entering this that, you know, most co-founders, they grew up entrepreneurial, went to study, you know, computer science or business. And, and you know, they grew up knowing that they wanted to start up. But it, it sounds like you didn't really know 
you're going to do a startup, right? A tour get in the army, environmental science. Uh, so how, how is that process like for you? Um, I remember when I was, uh, I had a different venture before Tulu. We were doing hydroponics on roofs um, uh, with a great friend. And when I met him for the first time, he told me, I was like, what do you do? And he said, I'm an entrepreneur. And it was for me like mind blowing. What do you mean you're an entrepreneur? And he just, right. it's, it's, it's a thing. I'm an entrepreneur. And I, and I went home, I Googled entrepreneurship. I had to learn about it. I, I realized, like you know, you can study it in university. Um, but, and that just kind of sat with me. And then I realized, um, you know, if you, if there's stuff or causes that you really relate to and you want to do something about it, entrepreneurship is a tool. Um, and, and, and of course now I'm surrounded with the tech world and I, and I see people that they know more about it than me sometimes. Um, but it doesn't intimidate me. It's just that this is, you know, to create an interesting startup, uh, you, you can come from a very, you know, it's just that there's such a wide range. That's it. There's such a wide range. And I love being there in this range and having my own niche. Um, and I've been finding lots of pleasure talking to other women, uh, from an environmental field, um, interested in also doing something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, yeah, it's very, very impressive and it's very, very inspiring. And before we leave, I have to ask three words that you would best use to describe yourself. Um, I'm daring. Question. I think, I think I'm daring. Daring. I'm, I'm also simple. Um, okay. and I'm very optimistic. Daring, simple, and optimistic. I like that combination. Very, very cool. Yeah, best of luck with Tulu. Uh, I hope that next year when I'm back at Stanford, you'll already be there. Uh, so you got to you, you we'll go quickly. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I look forward to, to maintaining this friendship. Thank you very much. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye.